What is up, Arizona? Welcome to the Arizona Small Ball Podcast, where we discuss one of the hidden gems in Arizona, high school basketball. Here we talk about everything small ball, and as coaches in the Valley, we understand that these guys don't get enough love or recognition. We talk about scores, coaches, teams, and players all at Arizona Small Ball. There's a lot of really fun things about the show, but one of the best is being able to sit down with other coaches and talk about coaching philosophy. Today, I got to sit down and talk with Coach Derek Freeman from Santan Charter. If you don't know much about Coach Freeman, you will love getting to know him just like I did. His approach to coaching and working with young people is so special, and it's honestly contagious. We're going to talk about full court pressure, breaking people down with the dribble, helping kids get to the next level, and what it's like to get grounded after game one of the NBA Finals because you're celebrating a little too hard. We've got a great show for you guys today, but before we jump in, check this out. You all know that one of our favorite things to do on the show is to highlight other coaches, get some background, and learn from them in the process. We are so excited to have Coach Derek Freeman from Santan Charter on the show with us. He recently moved up from the CAA, his Roadrunners won a state title in the 2019-2020 season, and he was the coach of the year for that run. He is one of the most successful young coaches in Arizona small ball with an overall record of 65-12. and 12. Coach, thanks for hopping on the show with us, man. And thanks for having me, man. I'm like I said earlier, I was excited to talk to you guys and, um, you know, just uh, be able to chop it up a little bit with you today. Before we talk about hoops, I know you're from Philly and people from Philadelphia usually love where they're from. We got to show some love to your hometown. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, that's that's for life, man. I'm an Eagles fan for life. Sixers fan for life. You know, and, at midst of uh, whatever they're doing with, uh, you know, their rosters right now. Well, Sixers were good, but the Eagles, you know. Uh... <laughs> I love the Philadelphia loyalty coach. It, it's great. I was reading an article about certain things that only people from Philadelphia do. So I'm going to read these things off, and I just want you to tell me, Coach, or is this article right? Things that people only from Philadelphia do. Number one, at the top of the list, Coach, only people from Philadelphia believe in the Sixers. <laughs> um, probably. <laughs> Coach, I'm ragging on them. But right now, they're number one in the East, so they're doing pretty good, man. And I believe them, so it may, that must be true. <laughs> Spoken like a true Philly fan, Coach. Okay, next question. People from Philly will buy a pretzel from anybody on the street. Yes, they got to have the options with cheese, and they got to have the options with mustard. Man, it's tough to beat a nice, soft, warm pretzel with some cheese. That's so good, man. All right, next question. People from Philly will pig out on Tasty Cakes. Oh, yeah. Butterscotch crimpets uh, and uh, candy cakes. Um, you know, that's that's a lifelong thing. My my favorite snack is still a butterscotch crimpet. Now, it might have been called something different from where I'm from, but I don't think I've ever had a Tasty Cake, Coach. It'll change your life. Yeah. <laughs> as far as cupcakes go and all of that good stuff, you know. I mean, ever since I was young, I've I've always loved honey buns. Is it anything like that? Oh, man, honey buns. <laughs> we didn't. We, yeah, that's another, you know, Philly snack as well, too. But, um. Uh, it's it's not quite a honey bun, you know, it's like a sponge cake with icing on top of it and, you know, just comes in a three pack. 
Monster uh, two pack. Like if you just get the you know variety pack from a uh, from the supermarket, usually there you got a shop right. Or cool. I haven't been back in so long. I don't even know shop rights are still there. Man, it's been um, maybe two Christmases ago. Wow. Okay. So it's probably fun for you to look back and remember a little bit about your hometown. We've got a couple more questions about Philadelphia. Here's the next one. People from Philadelphia tell it exactly how it is. Absolutely. I saw this ad in the newspaper and it was advertising an apartment for sale and it said three bedroom, two bath, full mold, must sell immediately. It was so funny, man. Oh yeah. Once you get off that plane into the airport, you know you're in Philly. Like I mean, <laughs> just so different. They tell it like it is there. I love it when people tell it how it is, coach. I love that. Okay, last one. People from Philly shop at Wawa for everything. Yeah. Hoagies for sure. Get a hoagie and a you know a sandwich always from Wawa for sure. So, coach, I'm trying to even think what is Wawa. It's um, it's like you know your gas station. Like, okay. a, like here you got a Quick Trip, and okay. in Philly Wawa is like Quick Trip, and uh, but Wawa you know you get you can you can get your lunch. I mean like a serious lunch. I know at Quick Trip you can go pick something up real quick, but you can get. You can, you can get like a serious, serious meal from uh, Wawa. That sounds pretty good, man. And, you know, even just hearing you, listening to your talk, Coach, I can tell you really love Philadelphia. So so tell me, man, what was it like growing up in Philadelphia? Oh, man, um, it was just so much different from here because, like, you just – it was uh, more congested, uh, more fast-paced, uh, you know, just uh, blocks compared to um, open area. So, I mean – you know, um, wherever you were going, like people were always on the street or like just people were always out. Like it was always communication. It was always like just, you know, just people around. Like you can go outside here and like you can walk down the street and like kind of enjoy a nice stroll in Philly. Like you're going, hey, what's up to your neighbors all the time? Somebody's outside. Like, I mean, and, um, you know, just you were able to play ball outside too. And this might just be me getting old thing, but like, I mean, it's just more interaction as a kid, like just going to play tag with the neighbors. I mean, yeah. like just going to like, just, you know, just um, stuff like that. But a lot of values. I learned a lot of great values. I mean, just as far as being street smart there yeah. in uh, Philly, you know, um, just growing up, why being able to watch yourself. Man, uh, yeah, because I mean, I'll share it with you. Like, I, I've been robbed. Oh, dang. Coach, you're like the nicest person I've ever met. I feel like if somebody robs you, they'd have to come back and say sorry or something. You must have had some nice shoes on or something like that. And like you said, they tell it like it is. Hey, I need it right now. I need them sneakers. <laughs> Run them. I need them. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, you just better have something. Like if you don't have something, this is, you know, in big trouble. A lot of public transportation, like to school every day. Uh, I took the bus, took the subway. Um, a, a lot more people are dependent on public transportation out there. So um, that's a big change. Like just a lot of, lot of like a lot of, lot more independent um, uh, aspects of growing up between um, here and where, I mean, where, where I was from. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, coach, you even mentioned about playing basketball in Philadelphia at the outdoor park. I feel like I picture Philadelphia basketball just being super tough, hard-nosed guys just going at it. It was probably so much fun, man. Oh, yeah. Always fast-paced, always tough, always a lot of trash talk. You know, um, 
it, it, just the rare thing in Philadelphia, you'll find dudes that are like the best dudes you ever seen at the park, but like they won't try out for like, you know, your high school basketball team or you won't see them going pro or anything like that. Like you just get a lot of um, guys that are really, really good. I mean, that are just, um, you know, just everywhere there. It's, um, it's, it's an abundance of talent, but like, I mean, people like don't take the school and like, you don't, you just don't see people in Philly like going professional or always, uh, you know, going to high school um, and, and embracing the sport there. Like, I mean, you just, it's, the sport is everywhere and the talent is everywhere, but it's not always reflecting on it's in the high school teams and everything there, but yeah, competitive, competitive basketball. Like, yeah, some of the best ball players I've ever seen there. I mean, in my life, it's just, still have great memories there. You know, it's funny. I used to live in Memphis and from time to time, you know, we lived in, uh, uh, well, we taught in a rougher part of Memphis and in inner city Memphis. And every now and then my buddy Travis would call me up and say, hey, let's go play ball at this outdoor park. And, you know, the area was, I felt like I was going to get robbed, you know, and uh, we would go there and, you know, these guys would walk up and I'd always be like, man, these guys look like a bunch of bums, but we'd start playing. And I was like, man, these guys are so good. And, you know, what I found is a lot of these people in the inner city, man, they, they, they don't really want to play about the, the team sports. They don't want to do any of that, but they're just hoopers, man. They just go play whenever and wherever they can. man. Yeah. Yeah. One of the best ball players I know, um, his name was Sharif. He went to my high school, I went to engineering and science high school in Philadelphia and um, it's about six eight, like big old frame too. Like it was built like Elton Brand or like I mean, uh, she Wallace. She Wallace is from Philly, just one of those guys. But he would never come out and play for the ball team. But like he was the best dude I ever seen. It's like six eight, had a jumper from outside, dunked everything, rebound everything, big old frame. But like he just was had no interest in playing ball. And like he was probably like the best dude I've ever seen play basketball. But no interest in it. No, it's so interesting how things kind of shake out like that. And even though you love Philly, you didn't stay at Philly. You chose to look to the Air Force for your future. So what, what made you make that choice? Because that's a big decision, Coach. What, what pushed you towards joining into the Air Force and serving our country? Well, um, I just wanted to see something different. Like um, after um, high school, you know, um, I had the choices of uh, – taking a local like school scholarship or I, um, you know, just uh, staying in that, like the, the little tri-state area, those were my only college choices. And then I had a lot of family that had Air Force roots. My aunt, um, a couple of my cousins, a couple of um, their friends, they were just telling me about it. And I just surprised everybody and took the dive. And it was like a 10 day decision. It was just like, oh man. I'm just going to hop on the plane to San Antonio and uh, go ahead and go to basic training down there. Well, you had to go to MEPS first, had to go to Cherry Hill and uh, okay, make sure you're healthy enough to go. But um, yeah, I, um, yeah, it, so it's just a spur in a moment decision because, you know, I, th I thought, I mean, I think it relates to what I'm doing now. Like, I think I got the most I can get out of that city and like just growing up there 17 years, like just wanted something different. Yeah, no, and, and Coach, I think that one of the most valuable things for all of us is to spend some time away from where we're from because it really helps us to have a different perspective, helps us to experience different things, be around different types of people. All that stuff is great. 
And thank you so much for your service, man. I mean, you making that sacrifice at such a young age, I mean, just just thank you, man. Words can't describe it. And, and you obviously did not stay in the Air Force forever. Uh, you then made your way over to New Mexico Highlands University, correct? Yes, yes. And I played for the legendary Joe Arch. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So then tell me a little bit about that, Coach. What, what was your your time at New Mexico Highlands like, and how did that kind of shape you and push you into coaching? Humbling, humbling, you know, because in the Air Force and uh, certain areas in Philly, like, I mean, I just came up and, like, I was always, like, you know, one of the best people on the court. But, you know, getting in the Highlands, you know, uh, we, we made the, uh, the NCAA tournament uh, for Division Two the first year because our squad was stacked. And, right. uh, like, just stepping on campus the first day, uh, it was three other dudes, my height, my skill set, and only, I mean, um, just one of the more amazing ball players that I've ever met in my life, Chris Dunn. Like, it just, um, you know, I met him, and like, I mean, just unbelievable talent. And, you know, it, it was humbling because it kind of messes with your mind. Like, you're so used to being the best, and you're so used to being like a, you know, just um, the best person that you uh, and you expect certain things to happen. But like a lot of these young guys that I, I'm telling them now as they get prepared for college, hey, prepare for prepare for a battle. I mean, because these these guys that you're going up against, they're going to be just as good as you, probably better. And um, you better go on with the right mindset, because if you don't, you're going to have a horrible year. And first year I had first two years there, I think I had. Uh, two terrible like just mentality years of um, competing because huh. you know when you uh, when, when you when you first go through the, um, the facts that you're not the best or like when you first uh, kind of like just run into you know roadblocks of not being you know the most talented people person on the team like it checks your ego a lot and you got to accept a new role you got to accept a lot of things and uh, at a young age, I wasn't ready. I, I, I wish I would have came into the college. That's going to lead me into why I'm coaching now because, you know, I, I wasn't ready to, um, you know, just accept the fact that these guys are better than me. <laughs> and like these guys are so talented. I'm trying to just crack minutes. I'm just trying to find opportunities and I'm not getting them. So I'm getting frustrated. Like, and I'm blaming coach. I'm blaming everybody but myself. And you know, it, it forced me to grow up because, man, I almost found myself out of that situation because of my attitude. And Coach Harge was like a father to me, and like he put up with my my uh, my stuff for two years until he gave me the real talk of, listen, um, your attitude, your demeanor, your everything, it needs to change this year, or you're going to be on the next thing smoking. Like, I don't, I don't know where you're going to go. I don't know what you're going to do, but it's not going to be here on the free or a ride uh, scholarship that I provided for you. It's not going to be uh, with the free education that I got for you. It's not going to be with the just the, the housing, the, the whole situation that I got for your ungrateful behind. So mm -hmm. you need to shape up right now or you're going to be are you going to be you're going to be somewhere else and you know, that speech and like just a lot of the other things he did for me changed my life that year. And I really turned it around, um, you know, just um, that in my junior year, got runner up to defensive player of the year, team right. captain, um, just got in the best shape of my life. I was a mentor to young guys uh, and 
you know, just him coaching me that way made me realize it's it's more than about going professional. It's more than about uh, a, a stats. It's more than about uh, just everything to that nature. It's it's you're paying it forward. Like you're, you're saving lives. You're you're um, you know you're you're helping young men grow up. It's not about dribbling the ball. Like it's about handling responsibility and you know shaping you into something that you can you can teach on to your kids to somebody else's kids if you see them in a bad spot. And I mean, coach, all those lessons that you just talked about are so hard to learn, no matter what age you're in, or no matter what age you're at, no matter what level of life. It's so hard to learn those things because, like what you said, when you have been dominant and you do expect to have a, a certain result when you're playing. It's hard to kind of keep a positive attitude when things aren't necessarily going how you expected them to. You know, like for me, when I was playing in college, when I first started playing, I was doing everything I could to get minutes. You know, I was a practice player and I was just dreaming about getting on the court one day. And then finally, and and in all that, you know, I had a I had a pretty positive attitude. I was a pretty good teammate. And then my senior year came around and I started to like see a glimpse of like, maybe I'm going to get to play and I'm going to be a significant role on the team. And, you know, I got inside my own head and I started to play really poorly and I got a terrible attitude and I just kind of forgot everything that I had learned those first two years. And, and man, that was hard. And, and for you coach to be able to, to learn that and to have a positive attitude and to pay it forward with those kids and to end on a high note, coach, that's huge, man. And that impacts you and it's going to end up impacting all the kids that you're involved with. That's, that's awesome, man. It did. It did. You know, it's easy to get sidetracked in those situations. Like, I mean, you can just, um, you, you can have success and then, you know, you can get so caught up with success. Like you just forget, like you say, you forget the lessons you learn and like you, you, you just, you can end up burning yourself in the end. And, uh, you know, I'm just, uh, you just can't make that a reoccurring thing. And that's so much easier said than done. It's awesome that you were able to end on such a positive note. So then, okay, what convinced you to come out here to Arizona, Coach? What what kind of steered you out this way? So um, I, I met my wife and I started my family a little bit early while I was in college. And my mother-in-law, she was already out in Arizona. So um, she worked, she was huge in the pest control industry. So uh, she had a job for me right away because in New Mexico, like it's really hard to find a job right after college. So um, yeah, I mean, you know, in in the area I was in, either you're you're up here or like you're at the bottom. So um, she was able to get me a job as a technician right away at at a pest control company. So. Flew out to Arizona. My wife was still in school in New Mexico. And um, yeah, I went out there and, um, you know, we began, I mean, I, I just began my, 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 my journey in Arizona as a pest control technician. Okay, so then no basketball affiliation at this point. But it failed me. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So then how did you make your way to Santa Charter, Coach? Um, well, while I, when I moved out in Arizona the first year, um, you know, I, I just went and played, still played local ball for fun. Like, I mean, I went to Inspire Courts and I was just, okay. you know, playing in a local league. And then, you know, just out of the blue, someone asked me, hey, would you be interested in coaching club? And I was just, uh, sure, I, I'll help out a little bit. I don't even know why I said yes, but like I, <laughs> I ended up saying yeah. And um, so I got in the coaching club. 
And then, um, you know, just from there, like it just got bigger, bigger, bigger. I was just learning about kids falling, like just um, in the development, like stages of like just of seeing kids, like helping them get better and all of that stuff. And just seeing like just the different parts in the game. And I started to fall in love with that. Like just yeah. I'm actually making a little difference here. So I'm just going to keep it going. So obviously the club that I was in, it got a little bit bigger, got a you know, how, you know, family companies kind of turn into a corporate monster. Right. And, um, you know, that's what the club kind of turned into. So, you know, it's kind of looking for a way out, but I was still in pest control and I moved up in the pest control ranks while I was doing that. Got the director of marketing role at Magic Pest Control. So for Magic, they had Santan Charter as a customer. Oh, wow. Yeah. They had Santan Charter as a customer and Santan Charter had just added on some parts of their high school and I had to go and do a commercial bid for that. So then I met up with Jay Gonzalez. Jay Gonzalez was uh, then the basketball coach okay. at, at Santan Charter. And, you know, he was a big basketball guy. So when I was uh, more than selling the pest control, I was, we were talking basketball the whole time. And then he's like, well, I, this is the first year of the school. And, um, you know, I, I can, you know, I'm looking for staff. Would you be interested in helping, helping coaching? I was like, yeah. I, I guess so. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's, let's do it because Jay was a really cool guy. He still is. He's still a great guy, man. He's one of the best people I know. And um, yeah, so I, um, you know, he, we, we just clicked right away and like, he seemed like somebody I can just really respect and work with. And yeah, that, that proved to be a great decision to this day because he's, you know, such a great mentor and friend to me still. So. Coach, I think you just laid out a strategy where you can get your foot in the door at any gym. You just get some cockroaches, you put it in the gym, and then you give them a call and say, hey, I can help you guys out. Not only are you getting some business, but you get your foot in the door too, man. Yeah, that's why I started my own thing now. Like, just got to have, a, you know, a couple of roaches in the pocket. <laughs> that's all you got to do, man. And all of a sudden, you're a head coach. So uh, you weren't the head coach immediately. You were You assisted for two years. Is that correct? Two years, yes. Okay, so two years, and then your first year you took over as the head coach. You guys had a great season. And then your second year, still in the CAA, you guys won the state title, and you were coach of the year for that, which is awesome. And then you moved up from the CAA to the AIA this past year. So so tell me about that, man. What was it like? And, and that must have been kind of interesting for you and for your kids. It was very interesting. I mean, uh, the main, I, I would say the main differences in the leagues, like, CAA, like you, you get a lot, a lot of talented guys. Like you get a lot of good kids that are just, that can just flat out play. You also have good coaches, but the, I think the differences are, well, in the AIA, and um, I'm hoping all of my coaching, my coaching buddies in the CAA, they're not listening and think I'm talking about them. If you're one of my buddies in the CAA, <laughs> I'm definitely not talking about you. You're a great coach, but, um, um, you know, um, even with the bottom tier AIA teams, like they always have a great game plan, great coach, like, like just they get their guys to play hard. Like, I mean, it's no, like just it, it, the, the competition level, like of just having their guys mentally ready to play. It was, it was different. I appreciate the competition that I faced this year as far as the coaching staff, like especially the, the um, um, coach from uh, Gilbert Classical. Uh, okay, the coach of the year this year from Gilbert Classical. Like, I'll be honest, like looking at his roster, like 
he didn't have the guys. Like, I mean, he had a couple yeah. of guys that could play, but man, did he get those guys ready to play, fired up, had them like just coached up completely. Like he, That's he not easy to do. No, it's not. And like, I mean, it was just a lot of coaches like him in the conference. And like, I mean, I just appreciate it. Like that, that made me a much better coach this year. Like just competing against guys like that and teams like that. Yeah, to me, I think that's one of the most impressive things about coaching is when a, a team is not as talented and you have a coach that's able to figure some things out and get their kids to play a specific way in order for them to compete. I mean, that that's what it's all about. That's awesome. And, you know, thinking about you and, and your squad moving up to the AIA, you guys were super competitive and, and you did have the guys and you had some great coaching kind of mixed in with that. And you guys were so much fun to watch, man. When we actually kicked off the show, you guys were the first team that we talked about. And Reyes was like, if you don't know about Santan Charter, you need to, because a lot of people might not know about them or discount them because they're from the, AI, from the CAA. And I mean, you guys just had a squad this year, man. You guys were fun to watch. You guys had a bunch of swagger. Uh, and I feel like your coaching tree is kind of the same as us. I mean, I think we all kind of think very similar. We'll get into that in a second. But thinking about your season, what was one of the most memorable things that you guys went through this season? I would say, you know, just the turnaround and turning point of some of the guys. Um, you know, we had identified roles in the beginning of the season. And, um, you know, um, like um, certain things happened to where some guys couldn't play and um, or some guys got injured. Like, uh, you know, uh, uh, Isaiah Martin, he was first team for us. He just, he was just coming back from a fractured hand. Um, you know, we had uh, just, just um, some guys on the roster, like that just couldn't play for certain reasons this year. Like the, the stepping up uh, and blossoming of uh, some of the guys that we weren't depending on, counting on the way that we had to count on them for, like they just, they just kind of stepped into the role and like just took off with it. And that was a major highlight for us. You know, it was uh, just, it was fun to see because I mean, our, my coaching staff, like uh, Piaget Howard, man, like he just, he helped me coach up a lot of those guys and he helped a lot of those guys that were in that spot. I'm really talking about Coldfoot and Tajay Price, the way that they uh, stepped up and competed for us this year, like in uh, my expectations for them. Like in the, they just exceeded all of my expectations and they're, they're seeing a lot of great things happen for them now. Yeah. And coach, congrats to, to, to Jay Price for committing to, to Phoenix College, I think it was. But, you know, that just speaks to all the hard work that he has done, all the time and hours that you guys have invested into him. That's a massive accomplishment for him. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just so proud of the person he is now. And, um, you know, young man, he, he he's turning into like he's. Yeah, and Coach, honestly, even just following you guys throughout the season, particularly towards the end, you guys were dropping some nice highlight reels, man. Who was making all that stuff for you? It looked nice, man. Uh, Briante, he, uh, Briante, uh, if you follow him on, on Twitter, it's BrianteX. And um, I think on Instagram, if you just start typing in Briante, um, you're going to find him. Um, he, I have him tagged all over my Instagram and the, the school Instagram and He's amazing. He and he's a, he's really amazing at what he does. He's going to change the game for Arizona as far as like just being one of those mixtape guys. Like I mean, yeah, he, for sure. 
I was like, man, I wish I had you around when I was coming up. He has a skill, he has an eye for the game. He has a like just snack for doing that. But yeah, Deontay does he did a great he he did a great job for us. Right. But I mean, honestly, coach, you guys were not very hard to make look good. Your team had a really nice way about them. They had some swagger, a lot of confidence. Me and Reyes were way too hyped for your game against Scottsdale Christian. We're so excited about it. And I'm I'm thinking back to that game even because you guys did a great job competing in that game. But there was a little there was a little point guard. I think it was a freshman, maybe like number one who came into the game. Yep. Kyrie Richmond, man. He um. That kid gets after it on defense, coach. We always reward good, solid defense from where we are, from where we're at, coach. He is tough. I loved watching him play. Yeah, he's he plays. He's a firecracker. He plays with a lot of heart. Plays with a lot of edge. He can really shoot the ball too. Starting to develop his his dribble a little bit, you know. But um, he he, he plays with all heart. He leaves it on the line. Kind of goofs around before the game, so you don't know if like he's locked in. But no. When, you know that um you know um, the, the the ball once you, you know once everything's tipped up like he's you you know he's there for you and yeah, um, he's ready to go he stepped up in that game i mean and he um yeah he's going to be he's got a he, he's got a big time future i think you got to have kids like that on your team and they're so fun to coach thinking about your own specific coaching philosophy i mentioned earlier that i i really feel like you are from the same coaching tree as as we are. I'm going to throw out a couple statements, and I want you to tell me which of these you agree with most, because I think this will help me kind of clear it up. Which of these, as a coach, would you prefer to do? Sit back in the half court and play pack line defense and just be super soft so I can see you kind of nodding your head. Or pressure in the full court and create as much chaos as possible. Sack in the full court and create some chaos. Yeah, so we we got very similar approaches to the game. Because of our size, we attack in the full court a lot, and it's a great strategy to use. It's not easy to play like that, Coach. It's not easy to prepare your kids for things like that and for that style of play. How do you prepare your kids for that style of play and practice? And and what are some breakdown drills that you do in order to try to simulate what you're going to see in a game? Yeah, so a lot of conditioning. Like I mean, the guys like they they got to come in shape. Like we we uh start off with just a lot of running. Like not not like just your traditional running either. Like running with um running passing drills. Like sort of three on two, two on one. Obviously, we do a lot of that. Do a lot of um man. I took the, a lot of drills from New from New Mexico Highlands that Coach Harge taught us. So we'll do uh three on three full court. Sometimes a two on two on two full court, like just a lot of like uh, man full court activities. So yeah. I think they they just acclimated to it. They have the gas tank to do things. Um, you know, just a lot of like do tip, the tip drill full court, which the guys love. Yeah, yeah did, right. Did full court tip drills. Um, do a lot of like just a lot of seventeens. I mean. And like some kind, sometimes the guys would think they're a punishment, but I would always find a reason for the guys to do 17s, like just because like we're gonna need it. You guys are gonna need the gas tank and you guys are gonna just, right. you know, you think it's punishment, but no, we're building up for something. Um, we uh, did a lot of uh, just, we, we we made a lot of stuff up on the fly, like as far as conditioning drills. I can't even remember, remember all the drills that we did right now, but right. just a lot of like just, 
we did a lot of playing, I mean, simulating the style, um, like just five on fives, um, like in like we had to be up in the ball. Like, yeah. I mean, you, um, you know, um, we're, we're not sitting back for nothing. Like we, we, um, you just, um, you know, just even with our five on fives in practice, like our, the word was compete. Like, I mean, like we're, we're already up at 6 a.m. Like we might as well get some work done and go ahead and compete. So we, it was, um, like we just had 10 guys that can really get after it and play against each other. So it, it was some legendary practices in there as far as competing. Right. And, you know, you even saying that you play three on three, two on two full court. One of the things that we do in order to try to simulate Z and somebody up at the court is we play full court one on one every single damn practice. That's just something that we do every day, whether it's for a minute and a half or two minutes. And, you know, the guards always go through. And one of my favorite things is when it's finally the bigs that go. And everybody's getting all hyped and like, yeah, you know, some a big does a crossover or something. That is one of my favorite moments because, you know, those bigs are just waiting for their time to showcase their handles. I was looking at the averages and you guys average about 11 steals a game this year, which is pretty solid. That's not even accounting for forced turnovers and things like that. And actually, I just thought about this. You, you know, our teams play very similar, but I love the Sixers as far as Allen Iverson goes. Uh, one of my favorite players that year that they made it to the finals. I forget what year it was, but when they played the Lakers coach, that Sixers team did a lot of full court pressing. I don't know if you remember that or not. Oh yeah. Iverson and Eric Snow were up in everybody, man. Eric Snow, uh, Tyrone Hill, George Lynch, the Kimbe Mutombo. Yeah. That's one of my favorite teams of all time. Like, I mean, they traded Theo Ratliff, but they had to get the Kimbe Mutombo. But yeah, yeah, they, uh, you know, that was, that they did, they did. I mean, they, their identity was defense. A lot of people just thought, oh, is Iverson scoring? No, that was one of the best defensive teams of all time. Man, I'm surprised you brought that up. That's one of my favorite teams. I know, man. That game one of the finals when they played at LA and they beat the Lakers, that's one of my favorite games of all time, man. It's such a fun game to watch. Man, after that game... <laughs> I went down to Broad Street. Everybody was down on Broad Street because, I mean, everybody thought we were going to win the championship. <laughs> and, like, we were just, uh, me and my cousin, we were just riding, like, down Broad Street all night, like, just hanging out. And I didn't get home until, like, I swear, like, four or five, <laughs> five in the morning. And my, I was still in high school at the time, too. So, man, I... Uh, I didn't think I can get grounded in the 12th grade. Uh, yeah, bad things happened that night. I mean, that morning. That, that was classified as the morning when I got home and my pops was there waiting on the lawn for me. And my cousin, like, I mean, well, it was his fault when I looked behind him. He was already gone. <laughs> he was already out, but like. That's <laughs> such a great team, man. And I think one of the reasons I love watching them so much is because in a lot of cases, they were looked at as underdogs and they played really aggressive in the full court. And what a lot of people discount, I think, about full court pressure is it's not just about creating turnovers. It's about forcing players into situations that they're not used to, that are very difficult to simulate in practice. And it's also about speeding them up. So th that's a fun way to play. You guys did great with that. You guys also, as far as offensively, did a great job of breaking people down off the dribble. What are some things that you guys did in practice to simulate doing that in a game and kind of developing that in your players? 
Well, uh, just working on ball handling at all times, strength training before official practice started. We always took the first 30 to 45 minutes when we were in the weight room. You know, and, I mean, uh, push-ups, like weights, resistance bands, um, like just uh, did our legs. I mean, we, we did a lot with our, our legs because, you know, um, when these guys find out, like, I mean, when they go to college, like, I mean, you you got to have, uh, you got to lift. You you have to be, like, just, you, you got to be able to go on because these games are going to be intense. And, like, you got to go and play maybe the next night or two nights later, so... Like if you you, you got to be just physically strong. Like you can't just um, you know uh, have a practice and then uh, just go and just play into the and uh, just go ahead and play. Like I mean, we we lifted because I mean we just had to be physically stronger and just yeah. breaking people down off the dribble, getting to the basket, taking contact. Like it's all strength stuff. Like I mean, well skill as well too. Like you gotta we we did work on you know skills training with with uh, ball handling a lot. Like, I mean, with uh, Coach, I say Coach PJ again, like, I mean, he was great with, I mean, um, just individual skill training, preparing these guys um, with um, just ball handling drills, everything of that nature, breaking down people off the dribble. We really did focus on that after the weight room, but the weight room played a big factor into our success this year and success in the back, I mean, success in the past as well, too. Yeah, and, and once you start putting that work in the weight room and you get stronger, once you get people on your hip, when you break them off the dribble, it makes all the difference because now you can explode up and finish. You can take some contact. Not only does it help your program, but I mean, even for, for kids like for Tajay Price, you know, I mean, now he's going on to college. It's going to help him now in the future. So that's awesome, man. All that stuff is great. Yeah, yeah, and these guys, you know, um, if you if if anybody's listening to this, you have aspirations of playing uh, college basketball, get in the weight room. Like you, you have to like just start being religious in that weight room. Like, dude, Tim, like uh, I would say, if you're eleventh grader and up, absolutely, you gotta you gotta start, um, you know, buckle down in there and take it seriously. It's so important, man. I remember back when I was playing in college, I feel like every year there was somebody who came in, a freshman, who had a really nice crossover or a nice shot. And when you got in the weight room, you could tell they were just so weak. And it's because they had never lifted before. And, and they just started off behind everybody else strength-wise. So, and that was just kind of the reality, you know, for some of those kids who had never had that exposure to getting in the weight room, they started off behind. Yeah, because I mean, like those, those kids you're talking about, like they damn near have to wait till you know the next off season to go ahead and like catch up and like you know um, go ahead and put on that poundage and like just all of that stuff and like just put on that muscle and like just get their bodies used to that grind. So yeah, it's important. You are obviously doing a really good job of helping your kids get to the next level, whether it's price this year. Or the year before, I think your best player, who was player of the year for the CAA, he went and played somewhere. You're helping your kids get to the next level. And you've already kind of talked to high school kids who are trying to make that jump to college. And you kind of spoke to them getting in the weight room and building on their strength and being religious in that way. What's some advice that you would give to a coach who's trying to help their kids get a scholarship to go play at college? Well, um, before any of that, like, I mean, like, it, it starts with players and their grades. We've got to look at the state of basketball now with COVID. Uh, 
you know, a lot of in like just the jam that it, it um, you know, it, that it created between these classes, academic, I mean, all athletic scholarships there, you know, the full ride is almost gone. Hmm. So, you know, you have to stack on top of it, the education, like your, your 3.5 GPA and whatever you got on the SAT, like you, you need that academic money to, I mean, just go along with that partial scholarship. So you're, you're okay. So you got to stress on these kids academics. Like they, if they, if it's like a 2.9 and below, like you're not on the right track. You know, these guys got to get, you know, that 3.2 and above, like just to um, to be successful nowadays. Like, I mean, if they're going to go to college and they can't scoff at offers. Like I had a lot of guys in the past say, you know, um, I had a lot of guys in the past get D3 offers uh, or, um, you know, NAI offers and they looked at them and they were just like, you know, I want to go D1 or D2. I'm like, I challenge you to go into a D3 tryout or an NAIA tryout and be the best player on the court. I challenge you to do it, you know, but, um, you know, some guys, um, you know, can, can meet that challenge. Some guys can't, but like, you know, but my advice to coaches really is like, make sure you, I mean, the kid that you are going to help is committed in the classroom. Hmm. Got to be committed in the classroom and um, just start your networking. I mean, just like, just, just um, when you, when you're networking, like just reach out to um, get, get, have a plan for this kid. Like see, I mean, where he's going to be most successful at what, what type of uh, coach coaches he can handle because like, look at the transfer portal, man. Like, I mean, like you got to see what type of coaches these kids can handle. Um, you got to see system. Um, like just, it's a lot of, it's a, it's a, it's a checklist that I have like just that just, you know, you, you just kind of send kids into and like, you just can't send them into any situation. So like, it's uh, the main thing I would tell coaches is like grades um, like just um, players' interests and um, like just uh, temper their expectations. Like to um, have plenty of options for them, but like just um, you know have them go to tryouts. Have them like I mean like just play against some men. I mean just have them physically ready in the weight room. Like just uh, you know ha- have them marketable so you can reach out to those coaches over and over and over again. I mean because if you send these guys the wrong kid. Like you don't want to burn your bridges. That is one of my favorite things that you have said on the show so far. I challenge any of you, anybody to go to an NAIA tryout practice and be the most dominant player on the court. Because a lot of kids, they, they have this view that they can go to these areas and just dominate. And there's good players at all these different levels. And we talked about this on the show just a couple weeks ago that sometimes kids get so locked into, I am this level of a player and they overlook all these awesome opportunities that are just being handed to them just because they're they're looking ahead and they have these unrealistic expectations. Look at NBA, uh, look at the majority of NBA rosters. Now, not everybody's on a D one squad. Not everybody came from D1. You're seeing D2 guys slip into the league, mm-hmm. um, NAIA guys slip into the league. Those guys also play professional. Like, I mean, I yeah. have a lot of friends that, um, you know, that not only that I went with to New Mexico Islands, but like just guys from the New Mexico area that are making a heck of a living 
just from playing ball overseas and like that they didn't come from d1s so, well some of them did like uh but like i mean they're 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 making it over there and like just they're finding that profession and you know they're doing great things but it's not always you know i went to duke i went to north carolina like, right. some of these guys did great things in other places you know yeah and one of the most difficult important things about working with kids is that everybody's different and everybody has a different personality and you kind of looking at your coaching philosophy how you approach your team and your players what do you feel like is the most important thing about coaching kids in high school i would say relationship hmm. you know creating a great relationship with these guys i mean because um if you don't, if there's no relationship there, like you, you gotta just, uh, I, I said this last year, um, you kind of like, I mean, you, you have to have your program and culture in, in place early because if they don't buy in, I mean, bad things happen late. And I believe um, that happened to us with Scottsdale Christian, you know, some of these guys that I did coach this year, I'll be, I'll, I'll be 100% transparent with you. I didn't have a great relationship with, you know, they were off um, doing other things and like just, uh, you know, listening to everybody else besides, you know, what we're going to be doing as a team. And it took a while for everybody to build to, to you know, buy in as one. Right. But, you know, the thing I admire about Coach Anderson and uh, Scottsdale Christian is. You know those boys uh, were just one all year long. Hmm. You know those kids were just, I mean, because in the game, man, um, finally getting to play against them, like they the reason why they're they were phenomenal because they were just so damn well disciplined. They were they were so well disciplined. They went down every play of the game, changed their defense and confused us. And I like I've only seen things like that in college ball. And like, yeah. I mean, just big time basketball. And it's just one one of the things I did admire about, uh, you know, Scottsdale Christian and like the job Coach Anderson did there. And like, that's, you know, but relationship, like, I mean, that, that's, that, that was the perfect, like you gotta have the perfect relationship with your guys. And I think Coach Anderson had the perfect relationship with his guys and that's why they were on top. Yeah, and I mean, even thinking back, that was such a fun game to watch because your kids competed so hard, so good against Scottsdale Christian. Yeah, yeah, a lot of them had some um, had some nerves, you know. Um, a lot of them, we we did we played hard, but like I mean, it's to the point where like we were missing um, like just a lot of um, easy layups, like just easy right. shots, like I mean, um, shots we normally made. We didn't. But the thing that bothered me most about the game when I look back and watch it is we weren't first to the ball a lot of the time, you know, like we usually are. And then like they, we, we let a lot of the 50-50 balls uh, just get biased. And, uh, you know, that's when you win and lose ball games at. And like it's close at the end. So, you know, a couple plays determine the end of the game. And, you know, Orlinger came and hit a huge shot at the end of the game. And then, you know, they're big, got a, got a back cut at the end of the game and uh, just hit us right. one by five. Yeah, whenever you're playing against a really good team like Scottsdale or like you guys, it comes down and we all, we say this to our kids all the time and I feel like they think we're just lying, but 
it comes down to a missed free throw or like what you said, a missed back cut. And you just you can't afford to make those mistakes against a really, really good team like that in a situation like a Final Four game. One thing to coach in, too, I, uh, you know, I definitely, I mean, just admire coach, uh, coaching against uh, great guys, man, and great programs. And they, you, you can't say anything, you know, about Scottsdale Christian. Like, they, they, uh, they did what they were supposed to do, and they won, they won uh, the two-way for a reason. Going up against a higher level of players and coaches just makes the game so much more fun. So I'm super glad that you got to experience that. And, you know, a lot of times people can get frustrated or get discouraged, but you guys still had a lot of success. And it's just fun to compete at a little bit of a higher level for sure. And speaking of coaches and and good coaches, uh, you know, we saw your announcement that you posted on social media earlier this week. And man, we were pretty bummed about it, if we're being honest, that that you had announced that you were going to take a step back from being the head basketball coach over at Santan Charter. Uh, I'm curious, man, what, what's your plans moving forward in the future? I'm sure it has to do something with involving your family because, you know, even throughout this whole Zoom call, you know, uh, your, your family, your, your kids are running around. I can tell you're a big, big family, man. What are your plans in the future? And, I mean, do you plan to kind of coach again at some point? You know, I'm taking it slow right now because, I mean, I had to get back into, you know, being a family man. And, like, just, you know, it goes with what I said about, um, you know, um, just um, earlier uh, when we were talking about uh, college and, like, just when when I had to move on and, like, just uh, get better, like, I mean, and recognize what makes what would make me a better man. And it's, like, just – you know, these guys, like I'm um, putting my time and more effort into these guys and making them better people first and, you know, not putting a lot of things I put before them, before them. So, you know, and I, I got to focus on making my family stronger before, you know, making, making a team stronger. You know, these guys are my team first. And, you know, that's, that's really, that's the most important thing in my life right now. So thinking about coaching again in the future, but, um, Got to uh, make sure these guys are, you know, good to go first. So that's, uh, they're my team first. Um, but I'll probably making a, you know, uh, we got to just finish out everything that I'm doing at Santan currently now. And right. maybe I'll make an announcement here, what I'm going to do in the next month or two and uh, kind of go from there. But, you know, um, it, it, it was more about, you um, just uh, uh, just my family and taking care of my family at the moment and, you know, uh, doing what's best for my family as far as advancement for myself too. you know, making sure my career is on the right path. Uh, you know how hard it is, like, you know, raising a family like off of, a, you know, off of a coaching statement. And I, you know, it's impossible. It hurts for me to say it, you know, but, um, you know, I just... Um, you know, with my own business just starting off the ground, like it just needed need more time. Yeah. I mean, more of an opportunity to just uh, you know just to make so make a better income, and you know, just had to find a better opportunity to to do that, and found some offers that that helped me kind of propel myself and put me in that right position. And you know, it's heartbreaking for some of the guys that I had coming back there next year, but. Um, right. Just something I 
Yeah, coach. I mean, even just following you on social media, you're always posting pictures of your family. You got a beautiful family. My first thought was, I bet you this has something to do with kind of growing his own family and, and pouring into them a little bit more. And, you know, Santan Charter has been so blessed to have you. Your family's going to love having some more time with you, not being in a head coaching position, maybe right off the bat. And, man, honestly, I'm just bummed. You're just kind of sitting down and hanging with you for a little bit. I mean, you're, just, you're a great guy, coach. And I got a lot of respect for you as a coach, as a young man. And, I mean, if you get back into the coaching position, which I'm sure you will later on down the road, I mean, any school is going to be blessed to have. You've done a great job over at Santan Charter, Coach. I really appreciate you. I definitely appreciate you saying that. And, um, you know, I'm just if many of my players are like just – Anybody that I may have let down in making this decision is watching this. I'm, you know, I'm, you know, I'm still here to help. You know, I'm still here to like just give advice and like I'm never like it wasn't a personal decision because of anybody like because of those guys. It's just, you know, um, I spent a lot of years like just putting my family in this predicament of like just, um, you know, choosing just um, making this type of income, but I, it's, it's time uh, that I'm young now to you right. know, do some more for them. I, I just got to do more for them. Hey, you need to make those kids years into some good basketball players, and then you can start coaching them, man. We'll see. We'll see. Yep, we'll definitely see. Um, I mean, if they love it, they love it. If they don't, like whatever profession they want to be in, you know, I'll, I'll support them. I, you know, I Absolutely. just want to be around them. You know, I just want to be around them for the rest of their lives. I want to be around them every day. I always want to be there for them. So, I mean, I don't, I don't care if these guys are professional badminton players. I roll with my badminton jersey on. And... <laughs> Coach, I love that so much. Hey, thank you so much for hopping on the show. It's been super fun to just hang out with you and talk a little bit. The time has flown by, honestly, man. It's been so fun. Whatever you do, whatever your next step is, you're going to kill it. And whatever school you go to is going to be lucky to have you. Enjoy that family, man. If you ever need anything, just let us know. We'll, we'll do everything we can to help you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And, um, yeah, anytime you guys want to chop it up again, I'll, I'll be here. Thank you guys so much for tuning into Coach's Corner. If you want to be part of the action, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or follow us on Twitter at SmallBallPodAZ. Hop on Apple Podcasts and write us a review because that kind of stuff helps us so much. Don't forget to hit that like and subscribe button so you never miss an episode. We appreciate all of you guys tuning in and supporting Arizona Small Ball. Catch you next week.